Welcome to We Hear Her. I am Erin Trenbeth Murray. And I am Jennifer Bean. We're here today with another amazing woman who's sharing her story and insights to lessons learned. Hello, everyone. I am Jennifer Bean, and I'm here today with Dr. Susan Matson. Susan, I am so excited to talk with you about a lot of things, really. But um, if you could start by letting us know who you are and what you do. Your bio was very colorful, <laughs> but, it's, but it's also one I couldn't commit to memory. And I'm sure um, you would be best at filling us in. So take it away. Great. So currently, I'm the Karen Haid Huntsman Endowed Professor of Leadership in the John M. Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University. That's a long title, but that's it what is, I am. But it is, but you're worth it. <laughs> and I, I shifted from Utah Valley University up to Utah State and also am the founding director of the Utah Women in Leadership Project. And that keeps me busy. So that's what I, I'm an academic, I'm a scholar. Yes, I've written you are. lots of books, scholarly books. I have a new book that is just released, um, actually, for a religious audience. Um, I just saw that on you? LinkedIn, actually. Did you? And so. Yeah, I didn't know you had authored and edited, is it six books now? Yeah, so this will be my seventh, but everything else has been scholarly. And the last book that I published in 2017, I thought, ah, I'm not going to do any more scholarly books. There's so much work, yeah. and they're for a very specific audience, and I do write scholarly stuff still and put it in journals. However, I've just really shifted to, I do editorials for this, like this once a month for the Salt Lake Tribune, for the Deseret News. I write reports and I, I just took on earlier this year um, some requests to write a book really for young women in my church Oh, I'm okay. a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay, okay. And so the book is called A Future Only God Can See for You, mm. a guide for teen and young adult women on preparing to lead. So I really spent it actually seven and a half weeks. I had it all written. I've been prepared to write it. And uh, my passion through the years has really been around uh, helping girls and young women and women understand that they need to have confidence, that they need yeah. to use the, their voice, that they need to go to college, they need to get their education so they can make the contribution they need to make in this world, whether they're religious or not. Right. You know, I, I believe very strongly in calling, whether it's from God or a, or a higher power, or even there's research, I've written about this in scholarly, <laughs> there's research on people that aren't religious at all, but they feel like they're made to do certain do something. things. And you need to be prepared to do that. Yeah. You need to be prepared in your head and your heart and your hands yes. to do the work that, that you really want to do, desire to do, or feel that you need to do. So I'm off track a little bit, but no. that's my that's my background. I'm, I'm a scholar. I'm also a mom. I have four kids, um, and uh, they're all older and out of the house, and, and my house magically stays clean now. I actually really so appreciate So that's what it's going to take. That okay. Is, okay. I, I have too many kids still at home. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wonderful, uh, but, and I have two grandkids. And, oh. And so, uh, and I was actually raised years ago in the West, in northern Idaho, some in Utah. Okay. But with four, with four 
six brothers. So I was oh, not raised. Were you the only? Any, yes. Only daughter among six so brothers. So when I speak often, I say, you know, people ask me all the time, um, you know, you do all this work around girls and women. First of all, I say, some people ask me, do you not like men? I say, actually, I'm married to one. I have sons. I have grandson. And then sometimes people have asked me, since you do all this work for girls and women, maybe you were raised with a bunch of sisters. And then I put a picture Bigs. up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've studied leadership development through the years. I have a couple of books where I interviewed one of them, 10 of the women governors in the United States. Oh, yeah. On their lifetime development. Like, how did they lead? I'm really passionate on how to raise more girls yes. to be leaders. Yes. Um, and so it's interesting how much your upbringing is part of that. Your sibling order, your parents, what they did. I played sports. Yeah. I was musical. I did all of these things. And um, how all of those things are so important in your confidence and how you use your voice and, yes. and just how you think, your your brain patterns, yes. your yes. all of those things. It's fascinating research. Well, I imagine it is. And you can... Um you can see why we are so excited to welcome you with open arms oh. to the Women Who Succeed initiative. We also are so invested in preparing girls yes. to be confident, brave, learned leaders. And I want to know more about your thoughts and how, how really that reflects on your upbringing. What were, the, what were the pivotal moments growing up that said, this is fascinating to me? This is what I want to learn about. You know, I didn't remember that I was interested in leadership at a young age. I know I was by the time I got into college a little bit. Well, actually not even college, later than that. A little that. bit later. However, yes, I was um, typing in one of my Sabbath activities is to take these immense journals from my upbringing <laughs> <laughs> and type them in. And oh. I, ha I was... I had a journal, I think it was my freshman year of college, and I was typing away, and this little tiny picture of a chapter that said leadership on it fell out. And this was of when your I was personal like, journal? Yes, 18 years old. And I'm like, oh, I guess I was thinking about leadership. Huh, I was then. called, huh? <laughs> so I love it. I um, One of the things, as I've written books, as I've thought about your... Uh, how you develop your voice, how I did. When yeah. you're studying things, it's all about you. Sure. You, know, you think you're about like, you, Is that too. how I do? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I have books that talk about this. But one of the things that's really come to mind that I think, I think being one of the oldest and having a whole bunch of brothers yeah. does give you leadership skills. Sure. However, when I was 13, I lived in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho at the time. Okay. Tiny town. I was, I was a really good pianist already at 13. And I had some adults, adult, one man, one woman, and some teenagers that were who were older than me, ask me to teach them piano lessons. And I started at 13 teaching piano. My parents were teachers. I love to teach. I'm very good at that. I knew yeah. that from a young age. So I started doing that, and I did that for years. And what was interesting, as I'm thinking back, is that at a young age, I had a skill 
that was valuable and people listened to me that were older than me. And, it, and that must mean they recognized that. They did, and yes. I knew they did. And I loved the process of week to week seeing them improve and grow. And that's what I'm still doing today. And I love that process. But I think that, and then I continued kind of doing that with, I moved to Moscow, Idaho, and, and was one of the few like violin teachers in oh, town, okay. along with the University of Idaho symphony director and the high school junior high orchestra director. I was kind of the third. Wow. And so I just taught, but I also subbed and directed at one time the junior high orchestra, even when I was in high school, because I was really the only other one in this town. Yeah. You <laughs> could just, like the bass player one time broke his arm, so the orchestra teacher had to go for a concert, play the, play bass, the bass, and I directed the, the orchestra. And so, and then I did the same thing um, being a director for our choir when the choir director in high school was out. So yeah. I think all of those things, just stepping in, knowing, knowing that I had, at least in this one area, some skills, yeah. really, as I've thought back, I thought those are probably pretty powerful in, in confidence, um, but also just knowing that I, I could do it. Yeah. And putting myself out there being asked to do that. So yeah. everyone yeah. doesn't have those opportunities, but specifically the way that I did, but I believe that everybody has opportunities in some right. way. And sometimes we just, people come and ask us, and sometimes it really is that we can lean into it. We can say, I want to, even if we're scared, and women generally, we're more nervous. We don't like to get out of our comfort zones right. as much as boys and men. Part of it's socialization. Some of it maybe be genetics. You know, they yeah. have more testosterone <laughs> than we do. That's true. Um, That's true. Um, <laughs> but, but really, having engaging conversations with girls and young women and college yeah. age women is so important to help them see they they should and need to do that. But the center of all of it, to me, as I've read and researched, is that each girl and young woman needs to understand her unique distinctness, her unique yes. talents, her gifts, how her brain, the way she does things is different than anybody else. Yes. I get teary-eyed. Anybody else that has ever lived and will live on this earth, each young woman, there's all kinds of brain research about yeah. this. And um, so... I'm, I'm off track. I'm taking you off track no, already. <laughs> I, I love listening and I love the passion that I see behind what you're saying. And it makes me go back to a, a short conversation we had right before we started filming. And you said you get up at three in the morning okay, sometimes. Three or four. Yeah. <laughs> to get all the things done. My immediate response was one that we as women hear all the time. Yes. You need to learn to say no. Yeah. You need to prioritize. You need to arrange your day better. You can't do it all. And you said, I actually have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah. And tell me what it is. Okay. You want women to be able to say yes. Absolutely. And why I is think, that? I think yes is significantly more powerful than no. We do need to say no to things. I do. I have a, a, a niche that I'm in, even within my yes zone. Yes. I call it, there's so much stuff that comes at me, but I feel like it's a gift to me. Yeah. I do... You know, I have learned to just, if it's, if I get asked to speak on, on topics that just really are not and are going to take me off, I'll just give them leads for other people. Sure. However, in my life, 
the times I've said yes are significantly more powerful than the times I've said no. And um, I, I really am doing the work that I'm doing because of the yeses. Yeah. Because people have said, you know, you, you, you should or you could go to graduate school or you could do this or that. And I'm yeah. like, yes, I can. Or <laughs> when they said, can you speak in, in the Middle East? That was the first, first time yeah. years and years ago. I'm like, well, I've never done that, but yes, I think I will <laughs> because it makes me uncomfortable. But I've learned so much about the growth opportunities when you're uncomfortable. And we yeah. as women love to be comfortable yes. even more than men. And, and there's socialization, there's genetics with that and so forth. However, when we just say, I'm going to go for it and be okay with failing sometimes and being right. okay with things not being perfect, that's the beautiful zone of growth. Yes. And um, so I continue, even at my age, to do that. I put myself out there quite a bit. That's um, so, that's and so I fascinating. I do say sometimes to myself, when, when things aren't exactly the way I would love, I just say to myself, that sucks. <laughs> but I'm moving on. Good point. I do not, I do not anymore. Uh, women often ruminate, we go, we beat ourselves up. I just don't do that. Yeah. I just say, that's it. I, yeah. It sucks. I'm not perfect, but I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. You know? I remember hearing um, something that stuck with me um, from one of my mentor leaders, mm. and that was when those types of experiences happen, maybe give yourself 24 hours of a pity party. I would and then say you're less. like, less, unless it's less, super big. It, I say five minutes five to ten minutes. minutes. If especially some even little things, like someone's rude to you or something. Sure. You know, that just just move on. And it takes practice. So yeah. because it's not natural for women. Men do that all the time, but it's yeah. not natural. And there's some neuroscience behind that. Um, if it's a big, 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 big thing, you know, heartbreaking or devastating. Or your kid yeah. tells you you're the worst mother in the world. <laughs> Unless, you know, you kind of get used to Unless, that. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you don't hear it at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, but, but one of the things that the research is clear about that too much ruminate, well, rumination in general decreases our confidence. Mm. It really, that spinning is just not good for us as women. Right. Doesn't keep us moving forward. No. And we it? need to move forward and moving forward and acting is the thing that we have to do to actually increase our confidence. And yes. it's confidence is not thinking I'm good or whatever. Self-esteem could be that, but confidence can only be gained by acting. You can only get confidence by moving, acting, doing. Doing. I and like so that. the more that you say I'm okay with failing, the more confidence you can actually get. And the more Isn't times that you can say yes, and the more well, times you can say yes, right? Yes, absolutely. because you've committed to being uncomfortable, yeah. yeah, and and seeing where it takes you. Yeah. So, so when, when when women step up to run for office, even if it's hard or whatever, I mean, I have so much respect. It's like they move, they learn. What can you learn? They're from doing. It? Yeah, they're doing. What is um, actually? We don't have much time left, and I, and I really want to. I really want to ask you this question: Who is your most respected female leader? Who is still living? Oh, that's a. Oh, I don't know. That's not a good question for me. <laughs> Do you have one that's um, passed away? 
Oh, I just, I mean, when I think about inspiring women leaders, I actually don't think of one person. I think of a variety of people because some are great in the political. I love Eleanor Roosevelt's yes. stuff. I love the Her history. Quotes are, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And in Utah, I really was able to, before she passed away, spend some good time and work directly with Olene Walker. Okay. And she, of course, was the lieutenant governor, the first and only one before our, our current one. Yes. Um, but then there's some, some um, people throughout history, like Eliza R. Snow, who's, who is a, a female leader in the church that I belong to. And yes. oh my gosh, I love reading about her. Yeah. So, so I guess more people that have passed away come to mind. <laughs> Good to know. But Good I know. really appreciate nuggets of things from, from women leaders that I know in Utah yeah. in terms of company, you know, corporate leaders or, or uh, religious leaders or community leaders. So I think what I've done is just take bits and pieces from so many people. And I, I've never said, well, I want to be exactly like this person. Sure. I don't think that's healthy in a lot of ways because right. you have to be who you are. You have to be authentic and take pieces, right? But not try to mimic one person, right? Because if you do, you you lose the beauty that you speak of, which is your unique distinctness. Yes, which I love. I love. Yeah, Susan, it has been so wonderful to talk to you today. Thank you for all the work and research that you've done to Thank move you. women and girls um, across the nation, across the globe in um, a new direction. And thank you for reminding us to say yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you for taking time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more at womenwhosucceed.org. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Clark and Christine Ivory Foundation.